Welcome to Straight Up Small Business, the podcast for startup and scaling up entrepreneurs who are ready to take their business to the next level of profit. I'm Beck Buchanan, an accountant turned virtual bookkeeping business owner. I'm super passionate about small business and helping entrepreneurs fall in love with their numbers in order to achieve their goals. If you ever feel confused, unsure, or overwhelmed about the financial side of your business, then you've come to the right place. This podcast covers bookkeeping, finance, and small business topics discussed in a straight-up way. My goal for each bite-sized episode is to inform and inspire you to make the next best decision in your business, backed by financial know-how, so you can create the business of your dreams. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes, and let's dive in. Before we kick off, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the Bundjalung Nation, whose country I am on while recording this episode. I respect their elders from the past, present, and those emerging as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land. So wherever you're listening to this today, I acknowledge the lands on which you are and those First Nations people who lived and worked there for over 70,000 years. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Straight Out Small Business Podcast. I got a lovely email from a client yesterday. She was thanking my team and I for our help in doing her bookkeeping for the last year and she ended the email with this. I also wanted to mention that as a woman juggling her family and mum life, you make it look easy. It made me sit there and reflect gosh, do I make it look easy? It certainly doesn't feel easy. And I thought, I bet my two boys have a different opinion of me at times as to how easy I make things look and feel around our house. And whilst I'm glad it might look easy to those looking in, and you might have your own opinion on that, it's not easy. And so I just want to be frank about it. And I wanted to dedicate this podcast to telling you how I juggle all the things, be it in a good way or a bad way, and what I'm doing to improve my juggling, because the status quo of my life right now is not really sustainable for years to come, I don't think. The goal of sharing this with you is twofold. One, I need to produce a less technical episode today because it's end of financial year, so I'm busy with client work and I'm also in the middle of my mentoring program launch. There is a lot going on and I don't have the bandwidth to do a technical numbers episode today. So doing an episode like this is part of my juggling act. But two, I hope my sharing some of the behind the scenes stuff about my mum entrepreneur life, I can help some people who are aspiring to be a bit further along in their business than they are now and are wondering whether it's because, at least in part, whether they are busy being a parent and not sure how to do parenting and business life at the same time or perhaps some other angle. But as always, I'm hoping to provide inspiration and give usefulness out of sharing my stories and experiences with you. Let me start by saying I've always been a hard worker. I'm not sure exactly where it comes from. I saw my parents as hard workers for sure. They owned and ran a transport company on the New South Wales Central Coast for decades that hauled steel and timber between Sydney and Newcastle. It was a very successful business, but they certainly didn't push their business on me, but rather they just encouraged me to do whatever I wanted. So I don't know that the hard work started there. 
And it's funny looking back at what I conceived to be hard work because my mum used to leave for work at around 8am and be home around 4pm to hang out with me of an afternoon and prepare dinner and do whatever she wanted to do. And my dad used to go to work around 7am and be home by 6pm, I would say, sometimes 7pm from memory. But once they were home, they were home. They would relax, read a book, watch TV, mow the lawn for hours on a ride on mower because we had a property or do something unwork related. I think those times must have been such a privilege to actually leave your work at work and watch TV or read a book at night without wanting to open your phone or laptop and multitask with leisure and work happening at the same time. Anyway, I was eager to escape the small town vibe of the central coast where I lived, so I begged my parents to let me go to a Sydney boarding school, which at the time I honestly had no idea how much boarding schools cost. I'm truly ashamed at myself for asking this of them, but they allowed my request and I ended up going to boarding school near King's Cross in Sydney for years 11 and 12. It was so amazing. For the first time in my life, In my opinion, here I discovered that I had a bit of a study brain and I truly didn't know I had it until I went to this school. It was a really competitive environment and I was really lifted up by the girls in my class and the high caliber of the teachers at this school that brought out the best in me. I had gone to this school just wanting to get away from the Central Coast. That was it. But I ended up studying so hard because I became really curious to see what I could achieve by doing so. And I wanted to make my parents proud. That became a bit of a driver as well. And being at boarding school, I had very little distractions. I would usually come home for the weekend to the Central Coast and hang out with my family. And then during the week, I would go to school and study. I didn't actually play sport or dance during those times. I used to be a dancer. Life was pretty simple. It was school, study and family. I went to uni and did a business degree and nothing very remarkable at all happened during my uni years, probably due to much dancing and nightlife on Oxford Street in Sydney. I jumped straight into the workforce after that and ended up working at a chartered accounting firm where I stayed for five-ish years working as an auditor. This was truly hard work. Back in the early 2000s, there was no work-life balance for us accountants. We were studying to get our chartered accounting qualification, which was an ordeal in itself, at the same time as working and the work was hectic. Apart from being thrown in the deep end all the time, like interviewing traders on a trading floor in full swing as a 25-year-old auditor is not for the faint-hearted, and physically transporting highly confidential documents for listed companies across town, praying you don't get mugged or hit by a car because your life depended on getting these documents delivered safely, was character building. The work was hard because the hours were long. Like literally, I can remember working till 3am in the morning during busy season most nights and then being back in the office by 8am and my team would always be cancelling events that we had thought we could go to. Like I remember once there was a Coldplay concert on and at 7pm on the night of the concert, one of my team members was like, okay, I'm not going to go because the team and our team manager agreed that the audit work was more important at that time. Can you imagine doing this in this day and age? I think not. I and we all missed public holidays and many weekends that we will never get back due to work. But I ended up marrying a fellow work colleague, as many of us did. So the long hours and time spent with colleagues wasn't at the detriment of romance, at least. 
I look back on those times and think, oh my goodness, how did we do it? Why did we do it? But the thing is, my memories are fond. I'm really proud of myself and the work I did at that time and what I achieved during those years. It was crazy and it would never be allowed these days and Gen Z would not stand for it, that's for sure. But being a fine-tuned work machine was sort of enjoyable and amazing in a sadistic way. I don't know. That's just my memory of it anyway. So the moral of that story is, I guess, is that I'm no stranger to hard work and long hours and the work ethic ingrained in me during those years is with me today. So much so I'm actively trying to unravel it all the time because there's more to life than work and that's certainly what I want to teach my children. I ended up getting over the crazy work hours though and got a job in industry once I decided that those hours weren't very compatible with raising a young family. I spent 10 or so years working at a bank with a career break thrown in the middle where I lived in the Netherlands for two years. This was in the midst of my dad battling brain cancer where I would fly home to Australia to be with him and then back to Amsterdam to be with my husband many times during that two-year period. And for those years, I didn't work at all. And I'm so grateful to have had that life experience. My days were filled with cycling around Amsterdam, going to daily markets to buy produce to cook at night, which I took very seriously at the time. I'm just doing yoga and other gym classes in the middle of the day, planning weekend trips to places in Europe and learning Dutch at the Universiteit van Amsterdam uh, because maybe it was an eat, pray, love moment, but I just felt like learning a- another language was a great thing to do in life when I wasn't working. I speak in Beecher, Netherlands. <laughs> so life was tumultuous because my father was sick and he ended up passing away. But life was beautiful at the same time because I had all this space to enjoy life's offerings beyond the grind of work. Fast forward to today and I am in a completely different situation again. My job was made redundant at the bank I was working at, so I decided to start my own business straight up bookkeeping. This wasn't a lifelong dream or goal. It was literally something I started on a whim because of the situation I found myself in. Get another role at the bank or do something else completely and I chose the latter. I've been following the breadcrumbs of entrepreneurial life ever since, and for the most part, I've been pretty good at running a bookkeeping business. The business has grown every year in clients, in revenue, in profit, in staff, and my salary too. But I've found that old crazy work ethic of mine creeping back in. Instead of just running my bookkeeping business, I started a podcast and I created online courses and I mentor other bookkeepers and I started a mentoring program for bookkeepers. I'm not trying to take over the bookkeeping world despite what it might look like. I just get really pulled to do these things. My intuition is strong and I feel clear that the universe is telling me to do certain things. But put this in the combination of leading a life that is filled with family, friends, fun and joy, my life is busy. I live in the Tweed Shire in northern New South Wales and my husband flies to Sydney every week for work. So I'm the main carer of our children during weekdays, which means getting them to school and their activities and packing lunches and making dinners, etc. My mum lives in half of our house, so she's an amazing help and support and I'm grateful for her every day, but it's still a lot on my shoulders. 
And I have a habit of saying yes to stuff that I do not have time for because I'm an emotional and empathetic person. So when a community organization says they are desperate for volunteers, I find myself signing up for roles that I love, like being the PNC treasurer of my son's school or the Nipper's age manager. But this puts pressure on my family life as we have very little time together as it is. So the situation I'm in at the moment is nothing short of a juggle, and it's not easy, as I said earlier. Client work, mentoring work, podcasting, mum life, volunteer roles, and time for myself. It's a lot. And here is how I'm doing it all. In terms of my overall life, I'm really clear on my why. My initial why for starting my business was time flexibility to raise a family and be there for school pickups and drop-offs. Turns out, though, I absolutely love being a bookkeeper and my business why is helping our clients and my podcast listeners to achieve their dreams and goals by helping them with the numbers side of their business. This has evolved over the years since realizing I had a knack at running a bookkeeping business to now helping other bookkeeping business owners to run a successful bookkeeping business of their own. I know there is room for all of us in this industry and that I can't possibly service all of the small business clients in Australia that need bookkeepers. So I get such reward and joy out of helping other bookkeepers to flourish in their businesses through my work here. So my personal why and my business why motivates me to sit at my desk each day and deliver. My other why that has been growing very strong in recent years is to run a business that does good things, not just makes a profit. This is why Straight Up Bookkeeping is in the midst of B Corp certification and why we are donating more than 1% of our revenue to charitable causes and why we are carbon neutral and looking to be more inclusive as a business that serves people who identify as marginalized. This is a whole podcast topic in itself, but creating and running a business that does good in the world is a legacy I really want to leave. I recognize that life and work has its seasons and right now I'm in a busy one. I'm in my early 40s and I have a lot of energy and I'm aware life is short and I'm in the middle of what might end up being the best years of my life. This is what people older than me tell me about being in your 40s so I'm here for it. I have young children that require a lot of my attention, assistance and transport to be honest and I have a business that is growing extensively albeit in a sustainable way. This won't be forever though, and I'm actively putting plans in place to make my business less reliant on me working in it so that I can take more time away from it in the future. Literally in two years, I want to take two months off as my husband will have a work sabbatical at that time and we want to spend time in Europe for a few months before our eldest starts high school. So I have a plan to put the personal brakes on, but those foundations need to be set now. It's the season I'm in and I'm embracing it. Thanks to the coaching program Sustainable Pace by Alana Robertson, I've become self-aware about not letting my life happen to me. Rather, I see myself as in control of my life and able to make decisions and change course as I see fit. I still get overwhelmed, often, to be honest, at all the things I have to do, but I try and remember that this is what I have chosen to do, and for the most part, I am privileged to do it and go about improving the pressure point situations rather than feeling like a victim to them. Also, thanks to Alana's wonderful teachings, and now I'm hearing and reading about this concept often, is my honing the practice of being rather than doing in my life. 
my work tasks can leave me feeling like all I achieve in a day is a whole bunch of stuff that I do, completing tasks and jumping onto the next one. I actively carve in time to meditate, walk, think and surf because even though surfing is doing something, a lot of it is also sitting out there on the water being in flow with nature so that I can enjoy the moments of my life rather than just rushing through them and ticking off a to-do list. I also have the words be here now tattooed on my arm as a constant reminder to be present in the moment and also to honor the teachings of the spiritual teacher Ramdas, whose lessons have had a big impact on my life over the last 10 years. I'm trying to be careful about what I say yes to as I know this has an important trade-off somewhere else in my life. As much as I want to volunteer at my children's sporting clubs, I need to remind myself I can't do all of this for all the clubs, at least anyway. I see my husband two to three days per week, so our family life really can't flourish with me spending six hours being a ground marshal at a rugby match. True story, I almost said yes to this a couple of weeks ago. Or having a weekend away with the girls. But sometimes saying no takes every inch of myself to do so because I want to be everywhere at once and everything to everybody. It's just I know that I can't. Right now, work, family and personal space are the most important things for me. And lastly, I've taken up surfing. This has been a game changer for my broader life. Apart from the fact it's the funnest, wildest activity I've ever done, there is literally no better feeling than dropping down a green wave while surfing. It has forced me to be in flow with the universe, to be present in the moment, and also to deal with stuff going on under the surface, which a busy task list can mask. I've been out surfing and failing and ended up crying, but what's really happening is my emotions about the rest of my life come up sometimes when I'm in the surf. I can't quite explain it, but other people have told me the same thing happens to them, so it must be a thing. You are forced to face your turbulent emotions, to be with them and to ride the wave of them when you're out surfing. It's very therapeutic. And when you're dealing with waves hitting you in the face or when you're trying not to nosedive into rocks, your to-do list falls away because you're in what feels like a life or death situation. It's such a good salve to a busy life and it's also helping me with my ego. You simply cannot bring your ego into the water when you're learning to surf in your 40s. You feel like a fool, you look like a fool, turtle rolling under waves and trying to get back on your board and falling off waves, legs akimbo. It's all very humbling and I've learned to embrace mediocrity. It's all I can ever hope for with surfing, I think, and that's fine with me. I want to be an amazing bookkeeper, but I'm happy to be mediocre at surfing and just have fun. In terms of my work life, the way I manage the juggle is that every day and sometimes multiple times a day, I have to ask myself, what is the most important thing right now? It is very challenging to switch between client work, mentoring work, podcasting, team building, and then into school pickup mode at 2.30pm. So I'm always assessing and reassessing and writing down and rewriting down what is the most important thing that requires my focus at this moment. The to-do list obviously helps me here, but I'm also careful to listen into what my gut or intuition is telling me at the time. Like right now, getting this podcast recorded is important as I have a deadline and my mentoring program launches today, which requires a fair bit of my attention. But overwhelmingly, there are two pieces of client work that I cannot stop thinking about. I'm dying to get them done so I can feel relief and achievement at having completed those tasks. So that will definitely be a priority for me today as well. And then if I have any more time, I'll move on to something else. 
So I feel like my superpower is knowing what to do when and cutting through the noise in my head and around me to focus on the right things at the right time. I've also had to embrace strange work hours and alert my team to these. I do not celebrate the hustle anymore at least, or working late or sleeping too little, but the variety and amount of things I need to get through in a work week means normal office hours don't work for me. I don't get depressed if I'm working 11pm at night sometimes because I know this is the trade-off for being at school pickup and taking my boys to rugby training during the hours of 3 and 7pm. And due to needing to podcast when the house is quiet, this might require me to record at 5am in the morning before the family gets up. It's not ideal in my opinion, but it's the way it is for me and I'm totally cool with it for now. I don't enjoy watching TV very much anyway. I also try not to sweat the small stuff in my work life. When things go wrong or there are bumps in the road as there inevitably is, I love to apply the saying, let it land. I used to say let it marinate, but I heard Natalie Dean Weimark from Compass Studio say let it land recently, and that sounds so much better. When stuff happens, I give it time to settle before reacting. Things not going to plan, mistakes, bad emails that I receive, whatever it may be, I try not to get too flabbergasted these days and trust that things will work out in the end. This helps me to stay sane and works, and keeping a clear head serves me well as the leader of a business. Just give things time and the path will become clear. I also get help. My coach helps me with mindset and working out my goals and what's possible in my business. My VA helps me to get much done that I wouldn't otherwise be able to fit in. I'm so grateful for her. And my team do 95% of the client work now. So my role is really managing a team, delegating tasks, and keeping my own mental state uh, and goals in check through the help of my coach. I also have amazing systems and processes in my business that keep my team and I on track. It was important in the early years to get what's in my head out onto paper or virtual paper so that other people can do what I was initially the one doing. And lastly, part of my work juggle and success, I guess, is reading and listening to books and podcasts that teach me how to broaden my mind and learn new ways to do things differently or better. I'm so obsessed with learning and I do think this is a big part of how I juggle and keep moving forward. I do have current challenges and risks though, so let me be frank, it's not rosy. In terms of the current challenges and risks that I'm considering, I will be honest, my situation isn't perfect. I'm worried that my boys see me with my laptop way too much and I don't know what impact that is having on them. I worry that despite things going really well across the board in my work and personal life at the moment, there isn't a lot of room or any room to be honest for sickness or unexpected life happenings. I trust that I'll work things out should the need arise, but I do have concerns at how close I teeter on the edge of situations sometimes. I'm regularly thinking about whether I'm working too much and weighing up whether the things I spend my time on will add up to a life well lived. I also worry that I don't spend enough time with friends anymore unless they are there in the surf with me. So to go back to the topic of this podcast about how do I juggle it all, I guess you can say I do so by being self-aware at how I spend my time and choosing the most important thing to do and when. I'm busy with work and mum life, but I enjoy what I do when I'm doing it and ensure I carve out time to be here now with wonderful activities like surfing. 
I don't want to be working at 11 p.m. at night five to 10 years from now, but I'm happy to spend these money-making and mortgage-reducing years where I have my health, giving work a fair shot. If my business can be a force for good in the world through our bookkeeping services, donations, sustainability initiatives, and inclusive business practices, I will be very proud. And if I can take a couple of months off in Europe with my family two years from now, then that will be cherry on the cake, so they say. Thank you for listening and I will catch you for normal programming next week. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left a review. If you're not already, please connect with me on Instagram. My handle is straight up underscore bookkeeping. And if you'd like to know more about how I can help you be successful in running your small business, please check out my website, straightupbookkeeping.com.au for details around my signature bookkeeping and zero course, Bookkeeping It Real, and also my done for you bookkeeping services. Thanks again and see you next week.